All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. You're listening to Oilers Nation Radio, presented by The Nation Network. Subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I tell you what, gentlemen, I'm sure excited to be doing this podcast after a win and not a fourth straight loss. Big divisional win last night, 4-2. Thank you. Over the LA Kings. Fantastic. Exciting. Whether snapped their losing streak. Nugent Hopkins made it 4-2. Which made me burst clean through me trousers, Liam. Mm-mm. Yeah, that was the perfect ending for you. Thank you. Thank you. You mix in a Connor Brown point on that one too? Come on. So we do every podcast. We're going to start off with a delicious debate for our friends at Wendy's. It is time to tell you about the Daily Face-Off Survivor game. Wendy's is letting you win real food with your fantasy teams this year. And our friends at Daily Faceoff are helping to make it happen. For those of you who want to smoke the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes that will have you winning despite your lack of team building skills. Download the Wendy's app and score yourself 150 bonus reward points on your first order and grab a sweet victory from the mouthwatering jaws of defeat along with some fresh, never frozen beef. Head on over to dailyfaceoffsurvivor.com. Sign up for the game. I am out after day one. Of course, I picked Dallas to beat the Islanders, and they fool. did not. I was a fool. <laughs> I was a fool. How's everybody else doing? I made it. What'd I you had do? McDavid two plus points. Me too. It was a, like lock. a lock. Great news. I finally got my pick in. Bad news. It was Ovechkin to score a goal. Well, is he just like ice cold still? What's the deal with Ovechkin? Well, you know I what? Since I traded for him in fantasy from one was, uh, he's been doing okay. He's just not, not going to pass Gretzky's record this year. 16 goals in 54 games for Ovi. Seems weird. 42 last year. Going on with you. You old now, Ovi? A little bit. Hey, Tyler. 
38 years old, almost 39. Can you believe it? And he's getting gray. He turned, started turning gray a little while ago. Ovi is now, I mean, 39 year old silver Fox. There's no way they're not trotting that rotted husk out until he passes Gretzky's record. Of course. Right? Yeah, they are. Of course. That's why like people are like, Oh, I hope he doesn't get it. I, I, and it's like, you know, he's getting it. I would just like it to be when he's like, you know, still somewhat a passable NHL player. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be like 44 year old Ovi going out when it's like, He's three goals away, everybody. <laughs> and like starting the season on a one-year league min deal just to do it. I hate it. That would not be fun. One of the best Bernie Mac movies of all time, Mr. 3000, was about that exact situation. I think we could have that happen all over again. Listen, I think it would be kind of enjoyable, especially if it drags out longer than anyone <laughs> hopes it will. Like he's just have consecutive one-year deals at league min because he just cannot get that last two or three goals. We could have an Ovi goal draft on this podcast. He is back on pace for like close to 30 goals this year. So he, he's heated up a little bit. If he gets to 30 this year, he probably does it like what? By the end of next season or early the year after. So listen, if we're going to do a goal draft, Dan, which we probably should, there's certain somebody who probably oh. going to be the first to get draft a goal draft before Ovi. And when we did our last goal draft, it was for a guy that already had two goals on the season. He did at that point. He did. RIP Milan. RIP. Sorry, Connor Brown. But you know what? It was a positive thing. The Milan Lucic goal draft ended up working it for him. It did. It got Cam all the goals. Coombsy got two goals in one game. That was the rest. That was all he got. Wasn't that like against Tampa too? Something like like that. Totally like, holy (laughs) shit, he did against a good team. We did like a whole thing. We drafted the games. We were like yelling and screaming at each other. It was so much fun. It's good. We should just do it just for the funsies of it. We have to. It was great. Like how many games we got left? 56, game 56 last night. Ah, casual. It's running out of time. Uh-huh. Tobias Reader. Coming for you. It's like a lottery ticket draft, not just a picky. Like when we did the Lucic draft, we thought we were drafting like the totals were going to be five and six goals each and it was going to be a competition. Nope. It was just who could get a goal. Do you think Connor Brown will have more points by the end of the season than Tobias Reader did with the Oilers in 2018 2019. How many did Reader have? 11. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> That's depressing. Jesus. Um, yeah. I still like, I just watch him and he's doing enough good stuff as dumb as it sounds to say. That pass to Nuge last night was pretty. It was very pretty. Like, I feel like he's at some point just going to stumble into a run where he gets like six points in 10 games. I agree with you, but I also feel like we've said that for three months now. Well, point. I think it's crazy that he's not out there for the empty net opportunities every single time. I thought he was out there last night. Maybe he was last night, but the previous games I've noticed, like it's been noticeable to me that he hasn't been out there. It feels like the moment to give the guy a shot. I'm going to say no. <laughs> um, <laughs> Reader also did it in 67 games, which is big of him. Oh boy. Uh, and also when the Oilers inevitably acquire a couple of players at a deadline, Brown's chances on the second line or third line are probably going to be much more limited. He'll be lucky to hit 10. So Liam, in the goal draft, you're going to draft all the games before the deadline. What you're saying? Yes. (laughs) All right. Tyler, what do you got for a delicious Uh, debate for our friends at Wendy's today? Well, Frank Cervalli was on with our pal, Bob Stoffer, if we can call you that, Bob. Um, And they were talking about how the Oilers deadline plans internally may have started to change as of late. Perhaps I'm speculating now as a result of the recent slide, their play coming out of the break, whatever it may be. So the delicious debate today, since it's been about three weeks since we had this question, have your deadline wants changed for this team? No. What did you want? 
I still want a top six forward. Mm -hmm. If I can't have that, I want a third line center. Mm -hmm. And I still want some depth on D. Ideally, I'd like an upgrade on CC. I don't know if it's possible. But I still the same, my needs are still the same. I think mine have changed a little bit. Like I think before the all-star break, I was cool with just depth on D. Now I'm kind of sitting here going, like, I think you gotta go get one of Carrier or Tanev and like really upgrade on Cody CC because it, it has not been good for weeks now. And I know some people are like your drug, you big idiot. It hasn't been good all year. And it's like I feel like it wasn't this bad early on, at least by my eyes. And people will say, you're up to you idiot. You don't know how to watch the games. And I my get nice. that. Um, you have a lot of people calling you idiot. Yeah. So nice. Uh, but I, I think now I'm not like, ah, just go get a real good seven and throw them in the mm. mix. I'm like, no, you need to upgrade Tanev. And my power rankings, if you want to call it that, used to be scoring winger, depth center, depth D. Now I think it's depth D, center, Scoring wingers number three. I think I've flipped. Welcome to the side of defense, Tyler. I've been. Uh, oh, been... I didn't know we had to rank them. Okay, go. You guys go ahead. I'll I, that was just me doing it off the cuff. I'm, I'm there with you though, and I think that's where I've always been. And I think that this this stretch just continues to show it that the team, the team, the forwards are not able to help out as much team defensively as we had hoped, and we saw even in that 16 game streak. So I think you need defense to be better. Liam, have your deadline day plans changed? I don't think so. I think I've always kind of been a, not against them getting a top six forward, but I just think their other needs are so so glaring. I think adding a couple of Centerman is big. Ooh, a couple now. Yeah, I would go and get the two from Anaheim, Hemrick and Carrick. And then you go right down the middle of McDavid, Dry, Hemrick, Carrick. Oh, crazy. Another thing it does too is Hemrick is probably good enough to play as a second line center if you ever wanted to. So if push comes to cover in the playoffs and you want to go make David dry side, really helps out there too. And then you also have the insurance of having Ryan McLeod, who can play your third line center. So I like that. And then um, Henry just kind of covers both bases, I guess. So I would say add in third line sentiment is my number one. So if I'm ranking them now that we're going to play this way, I think my number one would be uh defenseman. I just think like if you could get an upgrade on Cody CZ, all of a sudden your top four is looking real good. Number two, I like the idea of Adam Henrique or just a, mm-hmm. another third line center. If, if he could moonlight up in the top six, maybe ideal. And then it would be a scoring winger. Cause I think like ultimately a top six winger would be the most expensive to acquire. And chances are they're not going to get somebody who's going to be around beyond just this playoff drive. If the Oilers acquired Hemrick and Carrick and got Hemrick retained at 75%, they would be able to afford it in their current cap situation without moving a player. And I actually think that's becoming a bigger and bigger sticking point for me too. Like obviously upgrading Cody CC is like a, yeah, get him out. Mm. You need the money to make it work. And like, you don't want that guy playing on your third pairing at three point, whatever million. It gives you some money in the summer too. Like moving Cody CC makes sense. I'm so off the trading Warren Fogel, trading Ryan McLeod just to make the money work on an acquisition. Cause I look at this team right now and like they need depth. Their bottom six is still not good. You need guys getting pushed down. You can't. I saw something the other day it was like, would you throw Warren Fogel in a trade for Anthony Mantha? And it's like, no, absolutely not. You need to add depth, not just look for little fringe upgrades. You need depth. Warren Fogel's playing some good hockey. He's playing unreal. That's actually why. I've kind of pivoted away from like needing a top six winger like a Gensel or I mean, if Toffoli becomes available, maybe my mind changes, but mm-hmm. 
even in Eberly to some extent, I've moved off of simply because Warren Fogle's playing so good. What about Bushnevich? I don't know how you afford it this year. How do you get a $5.8 million cap hit in? You trade Warren Fogle. (laughs) Even that is like... But that's an upgrade. I know, but even that's tough to do money-wise. It'd be Fogle and like Kulak, something else. So they have 1.9 right now. If they wait till the deadline, it's Mm 2.3. Bushnevich is 5.8. Yeah. So you get rid of Fogo, which is 3.7. He's 2.7. He's 2.7? Who's yeah. 3.7? CC. Oh. CC's 3.2. Yeah, 3.25. The, the thing is, if you get Bushnevich, that's your, you're done. Yeah. Like you're probably not doing anything else. If you get a couple other guys, you can maybe make two moves, three at max. I would love Bushnevich too, and he is better than Fogo. I would love him. Doesn't seem realistic, but I, I think in the side, I just would wonder, like, why would the Blues trade him? Right now. Yeah. So Frank's speculation on that is that they know they aren't going to want to give him what he wants on an extension. So the quicker you trade him, hypothetically, the more you get for him. My counterpoint to that is like, how many true contenders right now can sit there and be like, yeah, we'll take $5.8 million of Pavel Buchnevich. Yeah. How many of those same contenders would come knocking at the draft and still be willing to pay you a premium? I think you could create a bidding war for him at the draft that just wouldn't exist right now. Probably. Do you think that there are... Well, what I'm curious to see is just like how many teams still believe that they're in it right now. You know well, what that's, I mean? That's a St. Louis, that's a Nashville thing, right? Like these teams who are like, ah, we might be able to make a push here. Because there's like teams that are still probably think that they're in it that don't realize that they're sellers yet. So I wonder what names are going to come kind of shake loose over the next five, six, seven days ahead of the trade deadline that maybe we just don't know yet. Like... St. Louis currently four points back the wild card. The wild are also four points back the wild card. The flames are already selling. So they're going to be selling Seattle. will probably sell anybody from Arizona that piques your, piques your interest. Dersey. Yeah. If, Der- if Dersey somehow shakes loose there, like hell yeah. But I'm just, I'm not sure if they would give up Dersey, Arizona. Also do they, if I'm correct, they don't have any demon signed for next year. Right? Uh, no. Kind of crazy. Every one of their defensemen <laughs> is a pending free. That's cool. <laughs> so they might be willing to move a D-man, but I'm the only one on that team who's an upgrade on CC. I mean, maybe Castle Rank, damn. But outside of Dersey, actually, I think it's just Dersey. Yeah. In I the East, so. looking you at... Gives the Coyotes a chance to pick their defensemen before you call them out for this, though. <laughs> Sorry, I was just trying to emulate him calling out people for not being able to buy land yet. <laughs> Silly. Looking at the East, Washington is six points out of a wild card spot. The Devils are seven points out, as are the Islanders. The Penguins are nine points out. But don't like some of these teams are still talking about having a chance at making the playoffs. Like the Senators are in that mix and are still talking about being able to make the playoffs. Sens are nowhere close. So yeah. if they believe that they're getting into the playoffs, you have fucking. But I've heard sound bites coming from them that oh, they're in a hunt. There's a rumor that they might try to get Chris Tanev. <laughs> Smart. It's like, and Frank was like, why wouldn't they just wait till the summer when you can get them for free? Like, it'd be such an auto center thing to be like, we'll give up a prospect. They are 16 points out of a wild card spot. Got some games in hand, though. Very confusing. So there's eight points, assuming you win all four. Yeah. Still a ways away. Uh, Pittsburgh's an interesting one, too, because like, I mean, you never want to count out a team with Sidney Crosby. Boy, what if we get Sid? (laughs) <laughs> Jay was talking listen tea leaves Jay's idea may have died everywhere else but not in my heart Sid no, will be sure in a weather 
You'll see. We got good clicks out of that, though. <laughs> we sure did. Jay, he's a businessman. We man. sure, sure did. Um, given that we're talking about changes in priorities for the trade deadline, any names now that you've kind of readjusted your wish lists? Like Liam had Henrik and Sam Carrick. Tyler, any names that kind of stick out to you now that you've reshuffled what you're thinking? I like Liam's Henrik and Carrick idea just because like your center depth looks real good once you do that. And like good from the perspective of you could keep Connor and Leon together and actually still consider yourself deep down the middle, which would be a very nice luxury to have if you're uh, Chris Knobloch and the Oilers. Um, I'm looking at Washington and I did this on Owen every day, but like there are a number of pieces on Washington that I think could help the Edmonton Oilers. We've spent a lot of time talking about Nick Dowd. I have a lot of time for Anthony Mantha. If you can get him twice retained um, I, again, I'm not going to warn Fogel to do it. Cause I think they're maybe similar ish players, but a guy who can produce at five on five. I like him. Uh, shout out to Gregor's boy, Beck Malenstein, who I'd never heard of until a month ago. Hell of a name, but I'm in on him on the blue line. I think if they were willing to keep 50% of Joel Edmondson, I think that could be a guy who's your number eight for a playoff run, right? He's just a good veteran been there, done that. If you run into a rash of injuries, you know you can throw them out there for a largely mistake-free 13 minutes of hockey. And then there was another name that Frank threw out today. Let's say you go to Washington and you're like, okay, we want Nick Dowd Washington's like, you're giving us a first round pick. What if you were to say, like, okay, throw in Charlie Lingren then? Good backup goalie. He's got great numbers this season, and he's got one more year at a $1.1 million cap hit. Like, I'm just saying, even if it's not Lindgren, if it's, you know, Malenstein or you go pay extra for Dowd, but then you say, hey, we'll do this, but we need to find a way to get Mantha in the deal. I'm looking at Washington as a really intriguing one-stop shop here for the oil. I do it for Charlie Hunnam. Thoughts? Who's that? You know, guy from hmm. uh, Sons of Anarchy. Ah, I didn't know that. Never seen that show. Really? Yeah. It's a good show that makes no sense at all. Nice. Okay. A lot so of people die. No one gets arrested. So basically kind Seinfeld. Of yeah. yeah. But, but not funny. And stealing. Fucking. Ooh. And raging. Ooh. Killing. You know? All the things that matter on a hockey podcast. <laughs> Liam, what were you going to say? Uh, nothing. I don't think I can follow that up. All right. Sounds no like Charlie Hunnam. Django. Did watch it on the plane. Watched yeah. you consume it in two parts. Had to. Had to. Ran out of time. Any other names that kind of just like you reshuffled your priorities? You're thinking hmm, that guy might be a fit. That I rascal. Like, I like Carrie in Nashville. I think I like Carrie in Nashville. I don't know. It's so hard to evaluate because we watch Cody season. You're like, damn, there's a mistake. There's another one. Wow. Another one oh, out of position. Oh, I, stick I, like I, last night, like, the first goal, they got caught puck watching like in the worst way last night. Yeah. And I, it just seems like almost everyone would be better. But I also just don't want them to go and get someone for the sake of just being like, oh, well, this guy's just a little bit better. Yeah. You know, it's kind of, they're Sometimes in an awkward devil, you know. I don't think they'll trade him. I really don't think they will. You think they're going to find a way to add around him? No, I just don't. I think they'd rather, rather, rather add to their bottom six and add another defenseman. Yeah. Which is not. That's not what I would prefer. I don't know if I necessarily, I'd like, I want him to fill the bottom six, but like, you have to add something to this blue line. Have you done an upgraded bottom, like fourth line goal scoring total since what was that? Two weeks ago before we went to Arizona. Uh, so all of a sudden the bottom six was specifically one guy. He's on fire. It's just Yanmar. But now he's top six. Ah, <laughs> Rascal. He's out of it. <laughs> Let me get you. 
that rascal. I like the thing. I think you can survive with the blue line the way it is, but you cannot survive if your bottom six does absolutely nothing. Yes, is that probably fair, right? Yeah. Okay, but let me flip that. Like, yeah, you might be able to survive a couple of rounds, but can you win a Stanley Cup with the blue line the way it is? Can you win a Stanley Cup even if you did? Like, I don't know. Like, if you do your, it's, they're in such a bad spot because it's it's so clear that like they don't want to play Holloway more than like eight minutes. Derek Ryan's barely playing. Connor Brown's been nothing close to what they expected. Corey Perry's going to contribute here and now he's done that, but like. I don't know. They probably like two guys in the bottom six and another defenseman, which they cannot afford. Well, right. I mean, yes and no. Like, I think that I think if you address one or two of the needs, then the team can kind of, you know, adapt to that other issue that they have, whatever that may be. If it is a defensive liability, then you adapt to it. If it isn't, then and if it's the forwards that can't score, well, then you have to adapt. I, like, I don't know. It's it's you're right. You're not wrong in saying that the, this team has issues and multiple at that. Uh, but I don't know if they can necessarily fix them all right this second. I think it, I don't think they can. Yeah. I think another thing too is we saw how quickly they collapsed to what they were at the start of the season. If you bring in, by the sounds of it, Henrique and Carrick, who are both defensively reliable forwards, yep. that's going to help you a lot as sure. well. And that will also help your blue line. Sure. Probably uh, helps Stu out as well. Yeah, exactly. I don't hate that line of thinking. How are those guys at on draws? Do you know? Let me look. You have a little look-see. So Tyler mentioned uh, Dylan Holloway not playing a whole lot. What did he do last night versus the Kings? He was a low right yeah he was their lowest forward oh here i i did seven thirteen. he was the lowest forward by a hand fight two minutes two minutes and change under Derek run but uh my new favorite game to play how many shot attempts did dylan holloway have and how many players did he in a way out produce on the ice it's fun um so dylan holloway play. dylan holloway played seven thirteen at five on five team low but he still had more shot attempts than individual shot attempts. And Connor Brown, Matthias Yanmark, Derek Ryan, Corey Perry, Brett Kulak, Warren Fogel, Cody Cece, and Connor McDavid. Okay. And against Calgary, it was the same story, man. He played seven, whatever, had six individual shot attempts in that game. And it was more than, I'd, I'd have to pull up the numbers again quick, but it's more than a handful of Oilers. A lot of Oilers had in that game. And I just, I'm getting frustrated with it because I think he's, He's going out there and doing a lot of really good things. And there's not a lot of other players you can say that about. And he's just not getting rewarded. And you look in Dallas. This was the whole point of my article. People can read it at, uh, at DailyFace or at OilersNation.com where I dug into this a bit. Like Logan Stankoven in Dallas is playing. He's played two NHL games. He's played 15 minutes in each of them. And he's got two points in that span. 10 shots on goal. Like they're giving him a chance and he's adapting and rewarding them. And I know Holloway's... You know, next game will be career game number 80 for him. But I just, I wish he would get that kind of consistent opportunity because I think there's a player there. I agree. But there's also some times where he looks like he's being chased by bees. A little bit. Yeah. But would that go away if you gave him a lot of opportunity? Maybe. I don't know. Right. I don't know. Because like now he's, how many coaches he played for? Three? Did he play for Tibbet? No, it's just two. So just two. So there's two coaches now who don't seem to. Yeah. What is that? And, and I think that's a fair point too. I, I'm not trying to like denigrate him at all. I'm just saying, what is that? Two coaches now have just clearly thought something is not quite there to give him more than seven minutes and 13 seconds. Like Derek Ryan is a shell of the person he once was. 
and still yeah. played 925 last night. Um, just quickly, the last one, because I looked it up, Holloway against the Flames. His 736, there were only two Oilers who played less than that at 5-on-5. It was Connor Brown, 716, Derek Ryan, 719. Despite the fact he played the third least amongst all skaters, he was tied with uh, six individual shot attempts in that game. Are we caring too much about shot attempts as opposed to actual shots on goal? I mean, he had three shots in that game too, which would have been right up there. Yes, I know. I think that that's the, I think that's the rub right there is that he's actually getting shots at the net. I think that there's a lot of shots that are coming from this team where it's wide of the net. It's, it's getting blocked by other, by other players. And that's a problem, but Holloway is, is continuing to drive towards the net and, and for, forcing offense where most of these guys in this lineup aren't. They just, uh, fly. They just keep seeing do the flybys yeah. and the, the circling around the end, the zone. It's killing yeah. me. I have the numbers. Go ahead. So Sam Carrick this season has a 51% in the face off. Take that every time, which is the third most on the Anaheim ducks. He has taken the third most draws behind Mason McIntosh, McIntosh, Yep. That one. Yep. You were thinking apples. Uh, yes. And then Adam Henrique as a 51% and he's taken 853 draws a season. You take it every time. The only players to have more draws, uh, one than Carrick are on the Oilers and McDavid and Drysaddle. Mm-hmm. And Henrique is just Drysaddle is one more than Drysaddle has taken a thousand faceoffs this season. And McDavid is the second closest at 649. I don't I know what they usually draws. are, but. Yeah, and he's good. Fifty-seven percent. There's something to be said too for a guy like Carrick for Mantha. Those oh, guys, sorry, uh, yep. Derek Ryan, who they would replace, is fifty-five percent, and McLeod is fifty percent. Sorry, oh, yeah, I was just going to say for those guys, like there's that certain element of pugilism to them, and I think that this Oilers team has maybe lost a little bit of that character just from the fact that we've got Evander Kane and we've got Corey Perry. But then after that, it's just kind of whatever. And I'm not saying that any team is going to push around the Oilers with. Kane and Perry on the team on the ice or whatever, or didn't De Harney, same thing. But again, it's just you add that sandpaper, that grit, that stuff that just comes into the playoffs. We're looking at, you know, you've got the Dallas Stars kind of as the 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 best team on the other in the other division or one of the best teams in the other division. And that team can push you around. And I just don't look at our bottom six and and feel like that's a, a bottom six that's going to stand up to the grind and the 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 push around that a Dallas stars is going to do to you. One of the wildest things about Adam Henrique that I'm looking at, he's played 887 NHL games right now or regular season games, only 28 in the playoffs. He hasn't played in the playoffs since 2017, 2018 when it was and, a four and out. And then he had that one, he had the run, the run with run the devils as a run, right? Yeah. Which is like something also somewhat beneficial to have as like a guy who was one of the younger guys on the team. That was, I guess they weren't even trying to win the cup. When did that six seed that year and just kind of went on a run? But like being around the veteran guys and like showing the young guys how to be the young guy, I guess, on a playoff team. I, and like wild. There's all these rumors. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. There's all these rumors. Basically, Sam Gagne, right? Where he just like never went to the playoffs his career. But um, there's all this talk about the Oilers want guys who they can like have long term. I know Henrik's 34. There's probably a good chance you could re-sign him, right? If he'd want to sign, if him. he wanted to re-sign it, I don't think that'd be like out of the question. Why there's like the speculation on guys like Gensel? It's like, 
how long does he want to be here? And you can't afford it. Can't afford it. Yeah, yeah that's going to go for nine plus. Yeah, like yeah. that was always my thing with Everly too. And we talked about this today on the show. But like, you know, if you were to bring in Everly and the run goes well, mm-hmm. could you go to him in the summer and be like, Ebs, you got a couple years left in the tank, two by 2.75, like finish your career in Edmonton. You've made your money everywhere else, right? Um, and I wonder about that. The other thing too, and we talked about this, like, hey, if you give up the first rounder in this package for uh, Henrik and Carrick and there's money retained and all that, how do you get the D-man? What can you still give up to go out there and upgrade your blue line? And I worry about that a bit. And you said, give up next year's first round pick too. And I'm not comfortable giving up the next two first round picks unless someone's coming back with terms. So you can sit yep. and look at next year's deadline mm-hmm. and be like, okay, we don't have a first round pick, but we got this guy still making a contribution. Yeah, I agree. I think you probably do need to go around and do that as well. But I could see them also like recouping some picks if they just get rid of like Kulak this summer too. You know, I'm giving themselves some tools for next year doing that and like yeah. changing up the lineup a little bit. I guess there's also the layer of like, how do you get rid of Campbell in the summer as well? But it just depends how far ahead they want to look down the road. But I think in the now, it's like, keep talking about win now, then it shouldn't be worried about what you're going to do in six months. Yeah, that's a good point. If you, uh, you trade both your first round picks this year's deadline, you're pretty much locking yourself into having to buy out Campbell in the summer, which would stink. Well, at a slightly different angle on it, a slightly darker angle. The Oilers haven't done shit with their first round picks in a minute. Oh, man. Why not trade them? Good help now. So I did this on DFO Live today. And again, I, I know I just, I love the Dallas Stars right now and I've been talking about them a lot. Um, but their first round picks as of late, their first two rounds as of late. Back in 2017, they had two picks in the first round, one in the second. They got Miro Haskinen, Jake Ottinger, and Jason Robertson in oh, one draft. That's ridiculous. Next year, Ty Delandria playing with the team right now. Next year, Thomas Harley, top pairing D-man with the team right now. Next year, Maverick Bork, 58 points in 49 games in the American Hockey League this year. Next year, Wyatt Johnston, Logan Stankoven, back-to-back first, second round. Both contributing on the team right now. Johnston has a 20 goal season under his belt. Like, guess, yeah, what, are, what about the rest of the picks, Tyler? Guess who Maverick Bork played with in junior? Oh, don't tell me. I don't even want to know. Xavier Borko. <sighs> and he's way better. Way better. Some people say he made Xavier Borko pretty good. <laughs> oh. And wasn't he a second round pick? Uh, Bork? No, he's a 30th. Th- uh, sorry, but uh, Borko went higher than him. Yeah, Borko was a first round pick. 22nd, yeah. yeah. Um, but that was the year after. You always took Holloway in the board. Oh, the year after. Yeah, it was the year after. Johnson went uh, number Oh, yeah, because Borgo was a late birthday. Yeah, Johnson went one pick after Borgo. One player has played in 142 NHL games and scored 43 goals. On and a, what about the other one? The um, other one is named Xavier Borgo. <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> um, Bruce Kerlock today, we were talking about players that have value in Bakersfield from the others. And I said, I was like, we just all throw in Borgo, Roberg, and Lavoie in these trades and assume that's enough. Like, is there other players with value? And he said, he's like, I don't know if Borgo has value. So, yeah, that's yikes. cool. <laughs> that's great. You'd love to hear that about your first round picks just a handful of years after they're drafted, you know? Yeah. Mm. I think ultimately he'll be fine, but he's just going to need a longer runway than with people are willing and sometimes to that's him. fine but yeah. like ultimately the Oilers need to have some of these first round picks actually contributing all like what you just said about like I felt my eyes roll back in my head just with rage because we've never had a second round pick do that no no we haven't like I can't Who even would think have been of, the like, last one who's the last homegrown piece that has like Stuart Skinner I guess right third round pick that became a starting goalie 
like what are we just talking about? Like a depth pick? That yeah, is just like a pick Ryan, outside Ryan of McLeod. the first round. McLeod. Ryan McLeod. Oh yeah. Okay. Ryan McLeod's a good example. Uh, Ryan McLeod. Yeah, 193 games, 65 points. So, like he's obviously a good player. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, Skinner. Oh, uh, Caleb Jones, Ethan Bear. They both contributed to this team if we yeah. liked them on that. Right? Like, yep. Yamamoto was a late first round pick too. Slapishev. Like, I'd bring him back. Yeah, it's just not. Uh, oh, there you go. I just, the point is the Oilers drafting has been grim. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. The drafting and development has been a miss for the most part. Hasn't been great, Liam. Hasn't been good. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hasn't been good. I want to talk about some stuff that is good. So I need to read this next part of this verbatim. You don't mind. For a limited time, our listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. That's 25% off up to a $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. Don't forget that's code NATION25. For 25% off your first order with DoorDash, offer valid in Canada, subject to change. Terms do apply. So I was not here on Friday. I was a little bit uh, under the weather. So I'm gonna go. I've got a whole week that I can pick from. You boys have three games. Mm. Can you do it, Liam? For our friends at DoorDash, I beg that you must. That I delivered for you from those three games. Uh, uh, Zach Hyman. Scored. Let's pick Zach Hyman. Scored two against Calgary. Did he score against Boston, uh, Minnesota? He scored in five straight games. Five straight oh, yeah, games. Yeah, we talk about that. Yeah, I saw it's a game. Kid's a shooter. Kind Who of. would have expected it? <laughs> that goal he scored against LA was so nasty. Yeah, just I just I remember when the Oilers signed him and they were talking about the seven year deal at around five million bucks, which is where he ended up. And I was just like, man, guys only had forty one career his career high at that time was forty one points. He's going to have more than forty one goals in his third year with the Oilers. It's crazy. 
he could score 55 this year. That's he not could. a stretch at all. No, he's, he's on, on pace, pace for, for 57. It. He's on pace for it. Yeah. I never expected it from Zach Hyman. <laughs> and like uh, Liam and I were laughing, there's that map, right? Of where Zach Hyman has been scoring his goals. They're like all right in front of the net. Mm. And then yesterday, just randomly, not nah, one timer from the circle, like sick. Yeah. But, and then he's also just scoring different goals yeah. too. Like all kinds of different goals. I remember that goal he scored against the Canes where he like, it was on home ice where he threw it like through his legs in the corner and then just power moved to the front, far side, flipped it in. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, what? A- there was that one against Toronto that ended up not counting. That was an absolute stunner. Yeah, the one where he just tossed it upstairs. Ridiculous. Oh, that was sweet. Tyler? Yep. For our friends at DoorDash, who delivered for you? Torn on a couple. Um, a few players who took some crap, but then found a way to bounce back. I'm going to go with... Uh, you know what? I'll go with Evan Bouchard. Took some shit for a couple of games and made that real dumb read on Matt Roy in the game against the Kings. But what does he do? Goes great pass on the high slot deflection from Leon Dreisaitl to get the power play goal. Ties the game right back up. Basically immediately makes up for his mistake with that one. And then to start the third period, just an absolute bomb. 91 miles an hour. Far down from like basically on the blue line. Great screen by Zach Hyman. Um, but Boosh, man, he, he delivered for me. You pick up a primary assist. And a big, big goal. Game winner. When your team's down 2-1 in a game, that's a four-point swing to end the losing streak. All that stuff. Boosh 1,000% delivered for this team. And he's he's something, man. Like, uh, you know, we were just talking about the Oilers never hit on these picks. I mean, I know he was a top 10 pick, so, like, you better. But still, him turning in the defenseman that he is is quite something to see. Dan, who delivered for you? Well, Rick's not here, so I can't beat up on him. So I'm going to beat up on Tyler and Liam instead. Uh, this guy, they called him, what, two weeks ago? They called him <laughs> Brown Mark. And ever since then, he's just been tearing it up for the Edmonton Oilers. He's got three goals in his last five games, an assist to go along with that, and a fight. He Hell fought fight. for the honor of Connor McDavid. Nobody else did it. He went out and grabbed Blake Coleman and punched his face in. So Matthias Janmark delivered for me this week. Beat the shit out of Coleman, too, yeah, quite frankly. Yeah, he, that was he had some like rage deep down inside him. I got to tell you, though, I, I really love Oilers fans there. I, I just I was able to play them like a fiddle with this one because before that fight, uh, I put up the hit of Coleman on McDavid. And I yeah. specifically I cut the, the Hyman goal out of the hit. I cut any response from the Oilers out of the hit and Oilers fans just responded on mass freaking out about me not showing the Yanmark fight, which of course I was about to post anyways, but Oiler fans, you're undefeated. I love you. Walked into the web. I'm going to go, uh, not an individual, but as a collective last night, the special teams delivered. The Oilers have given up goals in eight of their last nine prior to last night's game on the PK shut the door, including a huge five on three kill in the second period that led to Leon Dreisaitl's power play goal to tie the game. Power play came through on one of two or one of three, I should say. So overall, a special teams sweep against the Kings in a game that they needed coming off a three game mm-hmm. losing streak. Special teams delivered for me last night. We haven't been able to see it a whole lot since the all-star break, but last night they did very, very well. And I was just happy to see it. The uh, PK has been a lot better the last three games. Now I think it is. Was it really good against Boston or was it kind of bad? They were good against uh, Minnesota. Minnesota was hundred percent. And they got one for four. Against Calgary, which yeah. was a dumb penalty from Leon. So, yep, is what it is. And then they were perfect last night, too. So, coming around. That was the turning point last night. Like, if you give up a goal on the PK there to go down 3 1 to this Kings team, I know they ended up scoring two more times for the end of the game, but I don't think you come back and win that game down 3 1. No, I don't think. I think it's a completely different situation yeah. if that five on three ends with the Oilers down two. Yeah. 
momentum, all that. Like the crowd, you could even tell towards the end of that PK at the game, like crowd is getting loud too. Like they recognized it. Speaking of the crowd last night, the crowd did the wave when it was a one goal game. <laughs> I tweeted, this is, I love the wave, but it's not the time. Man, I took a lot of shit on Twitter last night. And Gregor was like, oh, let fans have fun. I was like, no, Gregor, you don't get the bit. It's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I get it so much. So it was one time I tweeted, I was like, oh, what a coincidence. The Oilers lost this game after they started doing the wave or like something like that. And there was a lot of people that were like, let the people have fun. It's like, just cheer. I don't know. It's just weird to me. People tried to do it in Arizona too. We got one in Arizona, I think, yeah, when we, we did it. I didn't, didn't get involved. It was a no, one goal I game. I sit in my chair during it. I'm a fun yeah. sponge. I tweeted yeah. back at Mulek because he was like, stop doing the wave. And I was like, I'm closed fist punching everyone in my section who partakes. <laughs> and then someone was like mad about that. They're like, oh yeah. As opposed to what an open fist punch. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. why is the wave <laughs> triggering us so hard? Why are we fighting over this? The uh, sorry listeners. I just got to show the boys. Cause this fucking tweet made me laugh out loud last night. Cause I was just like, not the time for the wave people. I love it too, but not in a one goal game. And then our boy shroom sauce says when the wave comes around, but I morally disagree. <laughs> <laughs> it's Tim Robinson from my wish. I think you should leave. Oh, that so, show is a masterpiece. So good. That show is a masterpiece. Any other, uh, anybody else deliver for you guys that wasn't mentioned? I wanted to give Stuart Skinner some love for his bounce yeah, back. Was, I yeah, thought big game. again, even to give up that early goal against the Kings, I was kind of like, damn, I really wanted Stu to have a good night. Like now when you give one up kind of early on like that, you put yourself behind the eight ball a bit. And then sure enough, like he just bounced back wonderfully. He's got a really good ability to do that. And I know it's been tough sledding as of late, but like going back to uh, the winning streak, how many times did he give one up early and then just dial it in late? And that's exactly what we saw yesterday. They put on some pressure, even when the Oilers were only up by two or when the Oilers got up by two, I shouldn't say only up by two, when they got up by two after the Nuge goal, the Kings kept coming and Skinner made some big stops. So I want to give Skinner a shout out. 950 save percentage or something like that. 38 saves and a 950 last night. He had six games in a row under 900, but last night he was very, very good against Kings. I understand why the people are upset with the goaltending. It's not being that good since the All-Star break. But let's not pretend that the team has been playing they look well like they in did front in October. of him. Exactly. And it's just like, what do you want these guys to do? If you play bad in front of Connor Hellebuck, he's only going to save so many. You know, and like Skinner's lighting some bad ones, like the Brad Marshall one stands out. The ones against Arizona weren't great. Don't get me wrong, it's not like, it's not like we're playing perfect, is it? Just because I didn't get a chance to talk to you guys either on After Dark or on your show. What about the game against Minnesota on Friday? Because the Oilers were absolutely dominant over the back half of that game. Yet Calvin Pickard led in three goals on 18 shots and kind of like... Yeah. Ended up the result ended up us being goalied, even though, you know. Yeah, that was a weird one too, because like one of them I didn't think was his fault. The other two, it's like, okay, probably should have stopped those. Gustafson played good at the other end. I know it's a two goalie league now. Like I understood the frustration with Pickard there, and there it really isn't a lot of defending him, but also I just was so unimpressed with the lackluster play for long stretches in that game from the Oilers that I was kind of like, God, like in a game against a team who at that point had one of the best offenses going in the NHL over a recent stretch, like Minnesota yeah. was scoring a lot. It's like, you know what? You probably should score four against that Minnesota team. Like again, the shots and the goals that actually went in were ugly. But then I looked, I was like, ah, it's a good offense. He gave up three. He did, didn't give up that fourth. Like, I don't know. I was torn on it, but I also know I kind of have this weird thing of being a Calvin Pickard defender so well probably biased. Uh, and i think that that's just the reality of the, his game the previous game who was it against uh 
Dallas. Yeah, where he dropped the yeah. pu- dropped bobbled the puck a few times. Like it's just I said after that game, it's just a reminder that he's still the backup. Like he's not, he's a, not starter. a starter. Yeah, and that's and that's not his fault. That's not our fault. That's not anybody's fault except well, that's for fine. one guy in the for AHL. The most part, yeah, yeah, he's the backup, and that's exactly it. And that's fine to be reminded of that every once in a while and still win some of those games too. But like we did against Dallas. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's crazy to think that people are like turning on a guy that came in and really solidified the B position for us. Uh, there's the argument too, that people keep saying is like skin is playing too much. So I actually in the rotation has been perfectly fine, but then those same people argue that Pickett isn't good enough. Yeah. So well, which one do you want? You have a play Pickett and he's going to have bad games and one in every seven, yeah, which exactly. I'll take yeah, every day been, of the week. He's been doing exactly what we want. Or you can play Skinner every night. And then he's done for the playoffs pretty much. So I, I just don't know what he's supposed to, to do. I want to play 509 and break what's his name's record. Oh, Glendale's record. Oh. <laughs> play them all. Play them all. That's what I want. Uh, another guy, just, you know what, since that penalty against the Flames and then they scored that goal was just so annoying. And then the post game interview, you could tell he was pissed off. Another guy who delivered for me last night was Leon Dreisaitl. I thought it was his best game in a while. I know we got reunited with Connor up on the first line and some people whinge about it. Sometimes it's fun, but last night I thought he was really, really good. He was strong on the back check. He was strong in all three zones. He was good on the dot. Shooting pucks like crazy. Shooting pucks, had the big goal, had an assist. He had a rush where he picked up the puck in the neutral zone. I think it was Doughty. He like flew past him, blew past Doughty. And then like one arm shoved him off. Yeah. And then he even got like a shot and raised it with one hand on his stick. And I watched him blow past Doughty. And it was one of those like, who are we joking about this the other day? Where it's like, you've shown us you can do it now. Like you got to keep doing it. Oh, Vander King. Yeah. It was like the way Drysaddle blew past Doughty was like, dude, we know you have that in you. Like, why are you not doing that to like worse defensemen? Subpar. Uh, Lastly, just because it's on Brandt. My guy, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, only played 1849 last night. Goal and assist, 65% off the dot. Two shots, two hits. Come on, that's a good game for Nugent. Threw him out there late as well to protect the lead when they needed some face-off wins, and it was on his weak side as well. So Knobloch was just like going with the hot hand. Nugent was good in the dot. I think anyone, like no matter what level of hockey you can play, you've played, if you're a centerman, there are just days where you're like, I'm not losing a draw tonight. And like, you can just see it perfectly. You're snapping everything back. So I love that Knobloch just kept rolling him out there too. That was great. Um, and a clutch goal, big Selly by Nuge too. He was big fired Sally. up after that one. How you can tell they, they love beating the Kings. Love being, I love when they beat the Kings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it means the game was entertaining and the Kings didn't dictate it. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't fall asleep halfway through. Can we add something else to uh, our guy, Brandon, one of the Oilers fans who traveled from abroad to be here. He's from Illinois. He was here for a four-game stretch. Last night was his final game, and the Oilers came through, and he was telling us on Real Life, I ran into him at the rink in the second intermission when it was tied at two, and he was like, man, all I want to hear is play La Bamba in person. When Nuge scored a text, and I was like, let's fucking go. And he was like, Nuge, baby. And then after, he posted that picture of him, Dukes, and our, uh, our friend from our England English as friend. well. Uh, Jack, Jack, I think is his name. McCartney? Yeah. yeah. I think. No, no relation to... No to relation Paul. to Paul. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he posted a picture of the three of them going right out to the bar together as a group. And it was the caption, you could tell how excited he was because it's all caps. And it's like an Englishman, an Aussie, and an American walk into a bar after an Oilers win. Uh, I just loved seeing how fired up they were. And if you have a chance, go back and listen to the first 20 minutes of Monday's Real Life because we talked to them. And man, the way they talked about our city was like, Unreal. Made me feel proud to be here. Oh, did it ever? <laughs> Not that I so wasn't cool. anyway. Jack they, McCarthy. 
what did I call him? McCartney. It's McCarthy. Mm. Cousin of Paul. Cousin of Paul. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of crazy how all these guys are here at the same time. It is wild that they're all here. And they're like friends. Like they're just like Dukes was just hanging around with uh, Brandon and his wife yesterday. Can't hang out with Waz all the time. Nope. (laughs) There's another fella coming. Rush Jericho. Yeah. yeah. I thought he was here. He's not here. He's coming. He's I think he's on his way today. I think his trip starts today from Blackpool, which is the seaside town in the northwest of England. So he literally stays up for every game and just watches it. And he's always live tweeting. It's not so. That is. A commitment. Commitment. Yeah. The, so he's going Manchester to Iceland to Calgary. And for some reason, he's going to Drumheller, which, hey, great spot. Hey, you want to see the hoodoos, man? <laughs> and then he's coming here for six weeks. It's a hole Holy in the Alberta yeah. landscape. Uh, yeah. I also have one. Well, more if you're story. here for six weeks, you got time for the hoodoos. <laughs> yeah, you do. So I saw Dukes and Brandon at the second intermission. Nico Jolly was chatting with him a little bit. And I was like, oh, Dukes, where are you sitting? And he told me. So I was kind of like, Every couple of minutes, I'd look up and see how Dukes was doing with the stress of the tight game. They did a t-shirt toss and they had the gun out and they lobbed one right up in the air. And I was like, looking, Dukes is standing up. He wants his shirt, goes up. That thing was hand delivered to him oh, right in no. the midst and it bounced off his hand. So I got to give Dukes shit for dropping that. Oh, <laughs> honorary Cole performing at Dukes with no mitts. The look on his face, I was just, I felt like a little creeper because I was sitting down there <laughs> staring up at Dukes, like, oh, is he, go- oh, you might get it. And then just look at his face when it bounced away. I was like, oh, no, buddy. I've only caught a t shirt at a game once. And I wasn't even paying attention. It was in the playoffs. I went with sales guy, Jared, and we were just sitting there bullshitting while the t-shirt toss was going on. And one just went plunk, in my lap. My, my dad caught two one game. It was against uh, Anaheim last year when they lost. We got these seats and we were like row five or something like that. And they got fired to us. So I guess some of them are actually kind of tied up, right? Yeah. yeah. And they're supposed to have something a little extra in them. Yeah. And my dad just grabbed it and just he didn't, he didn't care. So he just like fired it back into the crowd. And I'm like, you know, there's like a gift card or something in there, right? He's like, oh no. And then the other one was given to a little kid, which was huge on him. Yeah, I kept mine. Hell yeah. You know what I mean? Them kids. Fuck them kids. Yeah. <laughs> no, mine just says, I went to an Oilers game and I won this shirt. Or yeah, like that's that. what the one said. Oh, Dukes even uh, tweeted about it. When the t shirt cannon tosses me a sitter and there's a little fumble. <laughs> <laughs> little fumble there. Go, go follow Dukes at Dukes91 on Twitter. When's he here till? Tuesday, I Fifth or something. Was. Tuesday, so he's a couple more games. Got another week. Yeah. Well, he's going to be joining us for Brunch for Ben. That's coming up on cool. Saturday at Greta. That is an afternoon game. We're going to be raising money for the Ben Stelter Foundation. Stelters will be in attendance. Very, very excited to spend some time with them. Tickets still available, but not many, folks. Nationgear.ca. I got to get tickets. Go to get nationgear.ca if you want to get your tickets, Liam. I'm literally going by right now. I need five, so go get them. I need two, Liam. Jeez, I'll sell you two of my five. (laughs) Greta is going to be full up on Saturday, everybody. If you want to come join us for a brunch party, I'm very, very excited. I had to miss last weekend's party because of illness. I just took away Nuja's sickies. I took it on myself. So also, if you head to nationgear.ca, I didn't know this was uh, this was live already. We are doing the Robin Brownlee Memorial Auction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to give this a plug. So basically, over the course of the next four weeks, we're going to have four different items up for grabs. So the first one is courtesy of our friends over at Tourism Jasper. Here's what you're getting with this bad boy. It is a Jasper stay and ski package. It's two nights at the Fairmont Jasper Park Lodge. That is legit. 
and a pair of two-day lift passes to Marmot Basin. So you, significant other, you and a buddy, you're going to stay at the JPL. You're going to get two days of skiing at Marmot Basin each. And this is all going to go back to supporting uh, Robin Brownlee's family. So uh, it's a great cause. We're really excited to do this for Brownlee's family, obviously. And right now, the current bid is at $550. And if you know anything about the JPL, you know that is currently a bargain. So $550, i am in. Some of the other stuff we're going to be auctioning off over the next three weeks, there is a chance to do a date night with me and Jay. That's very exciting. So we're going to take you out to eat. We're going to have pregame drinks, and we're going to go to the Oilers game as a foursome, me, Jay, you, and a friend. And then we're going to go out for beers after the game as well and make it a whole night. Fun. There's a day at the Sports 1440 studio that I think is week number three. where You, you do get, have to learn how to make clips for the Jason Greger show. You though. do. Yeah, you have to. You actually have to work that day, but you get to hang out with Greger. I uh, know you get like a tour of the studio. You get to sit in for a little bit of the show. And then I think Gregor's kicking in Oilers tickets as well to that one. And then the fourth week is a similar experience, but it's for Owen every day where you get to come in to our studio and you get to hang out with us, whatever. We'll, we'll grab you a beer. Toll the studio. This is it. <laughs> Man, you guys better like think of some magic tricks or something. <laughs> yeah. I, think that one comes, I think that one comes with like, Oilers take that game. Well, it'd be good. They they get to be on the show with us. You said no, yeah. they get to come. Yeah, we'll yeah, do the Michael the Scott show. cold open thing where we come out of the elevator. We'll do the whole thing. Again. Welcome Remember? aboard. Yeah, we do that every <laughs> start of every month. We'll do it for them. Uh, so yeah, right now it's the Jasper Stands key package up now. Nationgear.ca up at the top bar. There's a little Robin Brownlee auction. Current bid is only five hundred fifty dollars. So if you are a skier and you're looking for a nice weekend getaway and you want it to go to a good cause, it will at Nationgear.ca five fifty is less than one night stay at the JPL. Yeah, I actually don't think that's an exaggeration. Like, this is a great, great deal to yeah. kick off the auction for the Brownleys. Mm-hmm. Head on over to nationgear.ca, put a bid in. And if you can't bid, that's cool too. Just help us spread the word. That'd be great if you could. We're very, very appreciative of that. Dan, it's time for a game. It is. It's time for a game. Hit game. Ooh. ONR 3v3 is yeah. back. Uh, last week's or sorry, two weeks ago, uh, we did it, the wing flavor, uh, thing mm-hmm. and I made some graphics for it and was didn't use them. Didn't like them. Didn't use them. So, mm-hmm. uh, I've was. tagged in Kennedy and we've got some special graphics for today's game and going forward that we'll be posting on the socials. So follow along as you play along with the boys. Uh, we're going to be doing a draft today of two forwards, one defenseman and a goalie that have played for both the Edmonton Oilers and the St. Louis Blues. That's it. Those are the only rules you have. You have to pick one of those. And uh, I didn't actually do a random order at the start of the day today. So we'll go starting with bag milk around the room, ending with me. So what do I want to do here? That's the tick draft too. snake draft. What do I want to do here? Do I want to take the goalie that I'm thinking of, or do I want to go off the board here? Oh, easy. Don't do it. Wayne Gretzky. Ah, damn it. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Wayne Gretzky first off the board. So who's next? That is you. Chris Pronga. Okay. Okay. So the best forward and the best D-man are now very clearly off the board. So I'm going to go with the best goalie. I'm going Grant Fear. I feel like the goalie list really drops. Uh, it doesn't quite drop off. Maybe that was a mistake. No, I'm sticking with Grant Fear. So Liam, you went with... Sorry, I'm just... Going- uh, just Chris Pronger. Pronger, yes, sir. I've heard of him. And then Tyler just did. Don't look. I won't look, buddy. Sorry. I want Grand Fear. No. So okay. Tyler's got Grand Fear. I'm going to grab. Uh, I'm going to also go off the goalie board as well. I'm going to grab Curtis, Curtis Joseph uh, to be able to solidify my goaltending position. Uh, and then forwards, 
I'm going to go to uh, my favorite, Doug Waite, centerman, Doug Waite. Mm. Waite's a good pick. That is good. So my goalie, I guess I need to. Well, no, we're going know, back yeah, the other way. It's you, me now. Oh, you gotta wait, my friend. Um, yeah. So I'm a little bit worried about the depth that we have for defensemen in this whole mm. thing. If I'm mm. being totally honest, and I'm not all that interested. I think I can only think of four total. Yeah, there's not a lot, <laughs> and I'll, I, I'm a little bit worried about potentially getting stuck with Nikita Nikitin in this bad boy. So I honestly didn't even know this guy played for both the Oilers and Blues, but I'm going. Oh, he only played 12 games with the Blues. Charlie Huddy. Wow. It's a big pull. Liam. I thought he might slip to me. I thought you <clears throat> young bucks may not remember him. Okay, my pick. Maybe Nikita Nikita wouldn't be so bad. There is another good defenseman, actually. Okay, hmm. I'm going to not care about defensemen. And I will take Glenn Anderson. Glenn Anderson. Because I already have Chris Pronga, so I should be fine. Yeah, you have a D-man. Yeah. Yeah, don't want to fill out that blue line too heavily with Eric <laughs> Brewer and Chris Pronger. Back to back for BM. <sighs> so I'm my defenseman. I think I'm going to take Eric Brewer. That's a good pick. An Olympian. <laughs> yeah. That sneaky wrister from the point. Come on, he was big. And then my, I'm going to pick a goalie. I'm going to go with Freddie Brathwaite because I shot on him at Carnival of Champions back in 1993. <laughs> That's a great pull. Great pull. <laughs> I respect that. Hey, Liam, you're back on the board. <laughs> okay, yeah. The, you're right. The defensive market is quite thin. You have got one. one. You have I know, one. but I still need one. No, you, no, don't. you don't. It's two forwards, a D, and a goalie. It's a oh, I thought you line. said two forwards, two D, and a goalie. No, two forwards, one D, and a goalie. You're uh, good. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, that, three, that really changes things. I'll go Andres Nielsen. Your goalie. My, as a goalie, not a defenseman. I'm going to poke holes in your strategy right now. None of us were picking a goalie again, so you could have probably just waited on it's that. Fine. It's fine. It's Let fine. Let him do it. That's fine. Why? What other goalies were even left? That's not the point. Uh, okay, <laughs> I'm up next. I'm going Billy Guerin. Uh, I'm so confused. <laughs> what are you, what's confusing? I thought I could pick one forward, one DM, one goalie. Two forwards. Oh, for goodness sake. Good Lord. I'm going to draft. Well, hopefully, Craig McTavish. Oh, nice. The Blues and the Oilers, of course. And then. Except he's got to wear a Bucky now. Yeah, he does have to wear a Bucky. <laughs> is this my last pick? Yes, it is. So I do have to draft a defenseman. I'm going to draft Dmitry Sigurakov. That's the oh, wow. Edmonton Oilers. That's a good one. Oh, wow. That's Blues. a really tough hey, pick. That's the deal. We're going to have to make some moves at the deadline, okay? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm up. My last pick. I need someone current. I've just been picking old guys. And I don't like that at all. So I am going to go with. I'm doing it for the vibes. I'm going Nail Yakupov. Oh, wow. Okay. Fool. <laughs> You're telling me that he doesn't benefit from the structure of playing with Charlie Huddy? Call me a fool. Learn how to build a team. You have Anders Nielsen in it. I have Chris Pronger and Glenn Anderson. That's a good point. Anders Nielsen might not face a shot. Okay, so now I have to pick a forward. You do. Evidently, I have not listened too well as I've been doing my research. I'll tell you if you've picked him or not. Is Jason Arnett still available? He's still available. Okay, I'll take him. Arnett is available. There are going to be some players left on the board. I think that the listeners are going to be mad we didn't pick. But yeah, there's okay. a couple there I'm seeing. Maybe they've been picked on my show. PM. PM is the last pick of the draft. PM last pick, and I got to pick a forward. I'm going to go with he's an active player. At one time, he did have a career best goals 
career high for goals with the Oilers when he was here. He was here for a short time and not for, uh, but we did have a good time. David Perron, little DP for the little DP for the bag milk draft. At the end of the draft. Perfect. Some players not taken. Nathan Walker. Yeah. Adam Adam Cracknell. Magnus PRV. Magnus PRV. Marty Reasoner. Tyler Pitlick. Brian Bennon. James Neal. Chris Russell. (laughs) Yeah. Klim Russell. Clean the dream. Yeah. Brad Winchester. Was Essa Tekken and Taken? No. Tekken and wasn't Taken. Uh, that would have been a good so, Maroon. If you, uh, <laughs> if you enjoyed this game, you can play along. You can draft your own team along with us. But go ahead and check our socials, ON Radio Podcast, for uh, the lineups and pick the winner of this game. And that's, I guess, that's what we I don't do. know why I took Gretzky when I could have taken Derek Roy. <laughs> Especially a- when Yakupov was available. <laughs> can, can I trade Garen for Derek oh, Roy? No. <laughs> My Yak Whisperer. You have to. Is that one of the biggest mistakes in all this history? Letting Derek Roy go? Letting him walk, knowing how well he played with Yakubov? I mean, arguably wasn't the greatest choice. <laughs> oh, the biggest mistake, though, I would say largely inconsequential. One off, one off. It's going to be a hard thing as a franchise to, to have to Death say to yourself. A thousand cuts. To you know say to mean? yourself, yeah, you, you drafted Neil Yakubov first overall, but you've got to keep Derek Roy or else he will not be effective. He never played in the NHL again after he played Edmonton. What were his numbers? He had 11 goals and 22 points in 46 games. That would have worked. That season, but he also played 26 for Nashville. So that's 60 plus 12, 72. So he had 12 goals, 20 assists for 32 points. Really, you have to blame the teams that picked up Yakupov afterwards and didn't go out and get Roy. Is there a still playing? No. No, he's done. He's still available, and so is Yakupov. I'm just saying. (laughs) Fixes all of our bottom six issues with one move. What year was that again? Interesting Puckdoku names on there as well. Yeah, that's a good point. You know? Crazy. I can't believe they let him go. (laughs) Yeah. You're really hung up on this. Well, it is. I can't believe uh, Dallas Aiken's healthy scratch nail Yakupov four games into that season. (laughs) That didn't. (laughs) What an error. God. (laughs) What were we doing? I wish we had this podcast back then. I don't. Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) the Oilers. There was like a two week window this year where it was like, oh, the Oilers might miss the playoffs. I mean, granted, I know I do that every year, but it was like, boy, this job will suck when they go back to being bad eventually. Yeah, so depressed that week. It's not going to be great. That was a dark week for Rick. Never seen him like that. To be it, honest. It Why wasn't long. Let him go. It was only a couple days. Who's He's that? Still on Derek Roy? Derek Roy. Like, what was uh, was he asking for too much money? Like, I can't well, imagine. Well, how was he asking for? Nobody gave him. <laughs> yeah, like Again, that just seems weird. The ask as was a, above zero. So that the Oilers got Connor McDavid that year. So they were like, oh, our center depth's probably pretty good. It's hard oh, as a franchise know, to justify signing a guy just to keep your. <laughs> Yeah. One, your one hope alive. He literally, <laughs> he play, only played 46 games and was still top 10 in team scoring. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He was eighth on the team scoring. He had more points than uh, David Perron that year, who played, who we traded. That is a short lineup. <sighs> Good how the, there's it, no way we've only been recording for 29 minutes. No, we have. It's only 2.40. 29 minutes? Wait, what? That oh, says yeah. 29 minutes. Wait, we, wait, we've been going for almost an hour. Well, it's recording on the, on the stream. Yeah. We do. We always do a backup on the stream. Oh, okay. So we're not totally screwed, but... I'm just sitting here because I always use this grid as like my marker. Yeah. And it says 29... Now it just says 29.50. Is this recording in slow motion? Ooh. It's working. 
The only way this podcast makes sense is if you listen to it in two way speed. I'll be honest, BM. I've been sitting here the whole time as we've been going through these segments being like, fuck, we got to dra- drag this out. We're nowhere close to an hour. We're just only at 20 minutes. Well, that's why I'm just like, I'm through most of my prep here and I'm looking over him like, now we're at Whoa, 30 minutes. That was a mind fuck. I straight up was like, oh man, we're going to have to like really drag out some sort of segment here with the final backup. <laughs> Listen, if there's one thing I can do, it's drag this shit along. Oh, well, we just hit an hour. Hell yeah. <laughs> we're off. Day's done. <laughs> well, I, I have something I'd like to bring up about my Derek Roy golf league. Oh, okay. If we have time. Well, well, first I want to tell you to uh, join us at Greta again. Yes, please come this weekend. Brunch for Ben that is happening on Saturday. Tickets are going to, it's going to sell out. So I know it's Tuesday. Make some plans. And if you can't come on Saturday, that's cool too. But make Greta part of your game day routine pre and post game. We're going to have more events coming down there as the season wears on. Go check out Greta. Challenge Tyler to the football game because I watched my boy Liam play the football game on Instagram. That's not going to win you a tab, my friend. I can't believe Waz did that to me. I played that game probably 40 times that night, and that was by far the worst score I had because I got zero and was posted it. He also has a video on his phone of me draining threes on the basketball game, which he did you got not no, post. No posting no, he, on that one. Right? He, deleted that right away. he deleted it right away. <laughs> like, Immediately. Yeah, need I was the space. Gone. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make a choice. It was a tough choice, Liam. But. Uh, Liam, before we talk about your golf hero or whatever you want to say, uh, just a couple of things. I was talking to Gregory yesterday about the deadline. Just do you agree with the vibe Gregor said? I said, what's the vibe like with the organization based on what you know, Jason? And he goes, but going on the trade deadline. They want to trade the first round pick. You got to have a guy comes back next year. Can't just be a rental, man. <laughs> that happened last year with that comb. Clip it. We appreciate it. Do you think it has to be a guy who comes back if you're going to trade the first this year? I mean, ideally, yes. But I like, does that mean they have to be signed or someone you think you can sign? Uh, in this specific case, we were talking about players with term. Because if you're doing that, then you're really limiting yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the issue is that the the asking price is determined by the market, not you. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, Unless I, you're I a think market maker. I think that this year, though, we have enough. There's just not enough selling teams to really justify not having to use that first round pick. So just looking through Frank's list, players with term who would be options, Scott Lawton. Uh, has been tied to the others. I'm not going to include the goalies like Jake Allen, but uh, Nick Dowd, Pavel Bajnevich, Jake Jacob Chikrin's on there. Uh, going down, nothing through 15. Gramland. Like, I don't know. Like, you see those names? There's five guys. How many do you want? Two? Dowd and whoever the other guy was, uh, Bajnevich. Scott Lawton, I guess, or three of the five there. It's just you're you're really pushing yourself into a corner if that's what you want, and I get it. I mean, it makes sense to want to have that, but like I said, like if you get Adam Henrique, it's not out of the question that you could re-sign him. Even Tarasenko, someone like that, right? Like, I think that's what they need to be looking at too. Tyler, do you think they need term if they're going to spend the first? If they're just spending this year's first, no. If you're doing this year and next year's first, yes. Dan, I like. I just. I don't care as long as it brings in a guy that is worth getting this team to the cup final. So I, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. I think the preference would be yes, but I'm at a point now where I look at the Oilers draft record over the last, you know, 
I don't care about draft picks as much as some people do. I don't think. No, I I think the draft can be valuable, of course, but I think the 100%. picks are more valuable than what the prospects ultimately become. So you got you got to add like three four years on top of a pick, right? And plus, too, there's like you can still sign prospects, guys out of college, mm-hmm. WHL, CHL, free agents, whatever it may be. Like still prospects you have. And then also you kind of get to handpick them a little bit too. And they're probably closer to playing on your team when they become junior free agents or college big, free agents. Uh, just since you brought that up, is there a big college guy this year that's like going to be the free agent that everybody's chasing? Uh, Shane Lachance is an Oilers prospect that yeah. is just like ripping it up on Macklin Celebrini's wing right now. So there's like a little bit of concern that he might not want to yeah. be an Oiler. There's another kid Why? too. Why do I have a concern? He He's American. Just, and he might want to do his full four years of school is what I heard. Gotcha. There's another kid too. who's like six foot seven, not my Rampy, different guy. I can't Vinny DeHarnay. I'll have I to do him. some research and come back to it, but there was another guy too, but the list doesn't really come out too, too much. But the guy at camp last year uh, that the others invited was Will Zapanik. Remember him? Former Crusader. Former Crusader, captain of the University of Vermont. Is the Oilers camp? Yeah, they invited him. Oh, wow. And they've done the last couple of years... They, there was a guy, Cameron Wright, I believe, came to camp twice. And then there was another guy to De Young, I think his name was. They invited him back to back camps and then they signed him. So, like, just, I don't know anything, but just speculation of future, of previous records. Interesting. Liam, what was your golf league? Oh, so I've told you guys about my golf league and how the pancake. The loser eats pancakes. Do that 24-hour thing. One pancake knocks off an hour. You guys ever heard that one? Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm currently in last. But I need. I am right next to... The, there's me and this other guy who are like neck and neck. What do you to, mean golf league, by the way? Like you go play like... You play golf? Yeah. Me and 12 of my friends play virtual golf gotcha. every Wednesday. So we've gone through 10 weeks and you're back... Bef- For your post-cheesecake. <laughs> During. We get cheesecake then, no. All right. Uh, so now we've got to the point where the other guy we're playing with is injured. He's a torn rotator cuff. So he can't golf. Well, but you like only need, you, yeah. So you only get your five best scores and that's how it is. So now our commissioner has said his brother, who is a significantly better golfer than him, no. can golf in his no. place oh, and bullshit. he no. can putt. And I'm like, that is no. wrong. No. Right. Isn't that bad? No, he has five scores. He has these five scores. So why does he get to bring in a ringer? To- I yeah, agree. This, no, this makes no sense. And he is injured for sure. He showed me his doctor's note, which I asked for. The injury is <laughs> fine. Like, yeah. You can't dispute that. He's but hurt. this is just a tough break for you. You have to deal with bad. your five scores. Yeah. You can't I bring agree. in a ringer who's significantly better to fill out the 100%. rest of the season. This is some Vegas Golden Knights LTIR bullshit. 100%. That's a great point. So my point was, you guys are backing up. Let me send me some tweets because I want to send these to my friends of you being like, that is BS. Yeah, just clip this whole part. Fights. <laughs> just clip this yes. whole part where I say Liam's yeah. golf buddies. No. Can't do that. You guys established rules. Yep. He has five scores. Mm-hmm. Either he learns to hack away with one arm or he plays those five scores. And I, I missed a week. So I, I'm going to redo that week. But if I didn't do it, I my five scores would be in. Well, Until but, I do it on Saturday. I mean, according to the rules, maybe you could have a ringer come in. And I know. It, if I would have known, it was when we were away for the maybe, All-Star game. Yeah, maybe you just be like, oh, I'm a little sore today. And you go, hey, Jay Downton, why don't you come out and hack a couple of balls? Yeah, exactly. That would be my push to the commissioner is just 
you cannot make changes during the season. 100%. You have to address this in the off season, yep. the yep. clean off season, or put it to a vote. Even then, because I, you think you're confident enough in your buddies to because well, there's been a few people that have been like, "This kind of not fair." It's not kind of not fair. It <laughs> is not fair. Yeah, it's like, not it's fair. Blatantly. That's what I'm saying. Just like you need to hurt yourself. Yeah, yeah. And then you bring Jay in because he dummies balls. Mm-hmm. New five scores for you. When I walk out of this door, just close it really quickly, but make sure my knee is in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, we're already sorting this out. So I, my go. definitive okay. vote, Judge Bagmilk, this is bullshit. hundred percent. I agree. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, you know, how work, everybody. We need to have a new segment where we bring in fantasy disputes yes. and we settle them for yeah, people. Well, as a commissioner of a fantasy league, whenever something gets brought up, I push it to the off season. Yes. Oh, we go through a vote if it's something that needs to be yeah, it's changed immediately. Dealt with. Yep. I can't believe this. The only person that should be in favor of that idea is your guy that's hurt. Yeah. That's the only yes vote. And his brother, yeah. <laughs> and his brother who's just not invited. Well, apparently gets a vote now. Pool. So I'm just saying. Oh, well, maybe He's I'll now- pay, pay off the brother. Oh, mm. a few layers here. Actually. Injure the brother. <laughs> <laughs> he only has one. <laughs> right? I think it's bullshit. What say you listeners? Hit us up on Radio Podcast. Should Liam allow such shenanigans? Mm -hmm. I say nigh. (laughs) (laughs) I say nigh. Anyway, good thing we stretched it. We went on 34 minutes. (laughs) Feels like the other one says it's not. We'll figure that out. I want to thank all of you guys for being here. Quick score prediction for tomorrow's game. Hey, buddy. St. Louis. Could it be possible? The whole game I did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> for a second straight 4-2 win, I say yes. Liam, I'll, what do you got? I'll go 5-1. Uh, no, 4-1 Edmonton. I'll go 5-1 Edmonton. Dan? Damn. I'm going to say 5-4 Edmonton. That's where we're going to wrap it up. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you on Friday. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.